All right, welcome to the Johnny O Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny O. This podcast is brought to you by Top Billing Entertainment, produced by Asylum Recording Studios, and the great Mr. Zills. We're welcoming Gus Gustafson. Tell me if I said that right. Uh, it's Gustafson. Gustafson. I knew I was going to screw it up, and I was going to ask you before we <laughs> went on if it was right. All right, man. So, Gus, I'm going to tell the people who you are and how I know you. So, the yeah, first, so I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. The first time I met you, you scared the living shit out of me. And here's why I was at, uh, so I, little backstory, me and a buddy of mine, he bought a bar and we started doing shows. And we booked otherwise at the venue in Dubuque, Iowa. And it was a uh -huh. Wednesday show. They played Spicoli's on Saturday before. So we're like, you know, and it was Memorial Day weekend. So we came down, me and him came down to Spicoli's to, we know, you know, this is the first show I'd done. Top Billion Entertainment did shows, but not rock shows, comedy shows. I did like, right. like, like gun shows and, and, and just for women events with vendors, like vendor type shows. And this is my first delve into rock shows. And I booked otherwise tantric was my first. Otherwise was my second tantric was on a Sunday. Otherwise was on a Wednesday. So on Saturday, otherwise was at Spicoli's. I don't think is Spicoli still there or not. I don't think so. No, they're not. Huh? They closed down a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. COVID killed everybody. Well, that's another story, yeah. but, but anyway, so we got there and Adrian from Otherwise was in the back, and he was kind of getting ready. They were close to going on, and we came outside. There was a little patio area, and you were standing there. And when we first walked out, he was like, who the fuck is this? You know what I mean? We just come walking out. And I'm like, oh, I booked you Wednesday. Hey, how are you doing? He's like, this Big Gus. You ever meet Big Gus? I'm like, hi. And then I was terrified. <laughs> I don't know if you've known yourself, but you're kind of an intimidating man. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a pussy cat. Come on. Yeah, it's awesome. You're you're right for the role. So then um so then on Wednesday of the show in Dubuque, you came down and I so I recognized you obviously from uh, the Spicoli show. And uh, you came down mm -hmm. to see otherwise and to hang out and 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 that's when I first met you and I realized you're like the coolest down to earth dude I've ever met. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And I've seen you at a handful of shows here in town for, you know, Seven Dust came through, and I remember you came through for that, and mm -hmm. here and there and the other. And then uh, it was uh, August 2021, Barstool Sports reached out to me. They needed some security for something. And honestly, I don't, yeah. I don't do security. I'm like, well, but I wanted to work with Barstool and try to build this relationship with them. And I'm like, I know the perfect guy, and that's when I reached out to you. And you hung out and did security for them guys in a mattress place or something right <laughs> it was it was the weirdest gig man i got paid a lot of money to uh watch them sleep it was weird yeah you know they, they said to me when they called me they're like do you have anybody that does security and i i would have figured it out but i knew like if you weren't available i would have figured it out but i thought i know the perfect guy and i was like yes i do yes i do and then i reached out to you and i remember i came down to the verlo i think it was in cedar rapids they were in town not Cedar Rapids isn't in town for the Field of Dreams game, but they were doing a whole weekend thing for it was the first mm -hmm. Field of Dreams thing 
that the big yeah. one with Kevin Costner yeah. and all them guys were there. And I yeah. remember they came into town and, and you, you did security for them and I couldn't stay. I had another, another event I was hosting or doing. So I came down and saw you, got you kicked off. And then you hung out with them all night. Like Dallas Braden, uh, he, yeah. what, what was Dallas? He was like the, he, he, he had some accolades as a baseball player. I, I don't yeah, know baseball. Was, uh, 17th person to pitch a no hitter for the Oakland A's. Yes, that's right. And you guys both yep. had beards. Uh, am I wrong with yep. that? That is correct. Yeah. 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 I just remember I seen the picture. I wish I, I should have stayed and hung out, but, but I wouldn't have, like, if something would have happened, I wouldn't have done anything. I would have just ran away scared and been like <laughs> hid behind you. Like, Hey, take care of it. <laughs> right, right, right. So tell me about <laughs> what, what are you up to now? Like, I mean, I, you, I look back through, through, you know, well, everything yeah, is you, you know, everybody you've done everything. You know what I mean, man? You, it's your yeah. pictures on your social media are just so awesome. Yeah, no, I uh, it's uh, very, very lucky. Um, yeah, you know, I I, I own a, a security company. It's called ATG Entertainment Security. And uh, this last year, you know, we we really picked up a roster. Um, uh, we've, we've got all kinds of people. Um, so obviously, we picked up um, Al Lazar from Green Bay Packers. Now going over to the Jets. Uh, he's one of our regular clients. We picked up and we do a bunch of one offs with Slipknot now. Uh, with uh, with uh, 360 Mobile and those guys, really good group of guys there, and um, of course, you know, still like to continue that relationship with Barstool Sports. I've I've had those guys I'm, reach out to me a couple times. I'm uh, trying, about maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they do a thing called Rough and Rowdy, and it's yep, basically the back. It, it's just amateur boxing, and when I say amateur, like you sign up and it's three one minute rounds. And I've yep. been begging them, let me bring it to. The Midwest. They always Absolutely. do it on the East Coast, and yep. and you could run the security. I could run the promotions. It would be huge. I told them to franchise the goddamn thing. I'm like, yeah, franchise it. Like it, it, it would be huge, and right. and you could gamble on it. I I pitched it nine ways from Sunday, to, and they, they, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. So you know what? Hopefully someday, maybe may you know. I'm sure uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool will be listening to this. I'm sure <laughs> that motherfucker is going to hear this. And he's going to be like, Oh shit. Why don't I call John anyway? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I'd love to do some more stuff with them, but I will tell you yeah. one, one thing that was crazy when I reached out to you about that, that gig with them, like, I'm just like, Hey, can you do security? And I thought you'd be like, yeah, where do I need to be? Blah, blah, blah. You sent me this questionnaire that I, for a split second, I thought, Holy fuck. Is he, is he, protecting the president of the United States. It was the most professional, no bullshit. We watch out for our client stuff. I loved it, man. It was like, I couldn't believe it. Like you take this shit seriously because obviously you're dealing with people's lives. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. And, and it was, it was so impressive. Like, like, tell me about that. Like, have you ever been in a hairy situation where you're like, holy shit. And you had to, you know what I mean? Or was it, has it been pretty, pretty calm for you? You know, when, and I guess in my experience, you know, when you get on the professional uh, and personal level, um, it's totally different than, you know, when you're working bar security or club security where, where you're going to have a lot of drunk people and that's really kind of in your face. But, you know, when you get on a more professional level like myself, you, a lot of those, uh, those issues don't exist because the reason why that client hires you is, is really the, 
you know, because they want to surround themselves by a very tight little bubble. So, and what I mean by that is that, you know, when, when we go out and we go to, uh, you know, different clubs or different events, you know, that the, the job of the security guy or, or, um, you know, the, the, I guess the the bodyguard for that, for that client is to make sure that security is is already established. You look at your hotspots, you look, you know, you, you ask a lot of questions and I ask a lot of questions, you know, simply because I need to know. Um, and if there's something that goes down, yep, absolutely. So, you know, if there's something that goes down, I need to, you know, the first thing that I worry about is my client and, and that's, you know, first and foremost out of anything. So, um, when you get to that level, you know, you're already talking with the head of security of any of the clubs or events that you're going to. Um, they're well aware of, of, you know, of either my clients, uh, how they want things to go or their wishes or, you know, how, you know, if they don't want anybody, anybody to be in a certain area or, you know, if we've got, I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of things that I would go in and speak with that head of security about. So, um, when you talk about hairy situations, not a lot, um, which is yeah, good because you did your job, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I always say if I, if my client's still alive, I definitely did my job. So, yeah. um, yeah, so nope. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of hairy situations at, I, I guess not on my level. So. Yeah, I remember I did a show once, and uh, it, the venue it was a bigger venue, and they they the contract said they supplied the security. I'm not gonna say the band or anything, but it uh, the security was two dudes that were like not capable of doing security, and some problems broke out. I remember some friends of mine, they're just motorcycle dudes. They were there, and they they ended up handling security for me. I'm like. Sure. Yeah. And they stepped in, they were respectful, but they were, you know, a bunch of uh, motorcycle guys and they just, it was like, thank God they were there. And, and yeah. I said to the venue afterwards when we were selling up and talking about how it went, I'm like, your security was the worst. Like there could have been some big issues. You know what I mean? Cause there's some arose, yeah. there's two security guys that were the worst, couldn't handle it. Right. And, and then, right. so my buddies that I invited along, cause they were friends with some of the guys in the band. So I said, to them, I'm like, can you help me They handle it professionally? Took the problem outside. It was great. And that's yeah. like what you did. Like, 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 holy cow. Like when you sent me that list, you sent me the email and you're like, and I'm like, Oh man, I never thought of any of this stuff. So it was, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely know, know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It well, was you know, awesome. Also had- yeah, yeah, and also understand, John, you know, that I'm actually a professional bodyguard, so I did go to school at AKI Security Institution in Huntington Beach, California. Well, slow down. Um, so tell me about that. Like, what's professional bodyguard school? Like, they tell you what to look um, for, what to do? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a 120-hour course. Um, you go through everything. It's, uh, I remember when I, when I first... And I can tell you the whole story of how that all even came into play, but, um, you know, that the binder itself is, you know, a good six inches thick, you know, and, and you've got 12, uh, tests that, that, uh, that you've got to pass. And, and really I didn't, I, I, and so the story with that, or even how I got into AKI security institution is that long time ago, I mean, how this all started outside of working at clubs and bars. Um, my first opportunity in the entertainment industry was with, um, Rocky key productions and they, and that company did, um, Fear Factor, the TV show. So oh, sure. I worked, yeah. So I worked for Fear Factor for a couple of years, uh, the Las Vegas shoot, because I was living in Las Vegas at that time. And 
really enjoyed it. Um, I got the opportunity for my brother Debo, uh, which is also another bodyguard and also um, uh, head of security or director of security for multiple band, multiple bands, you know, kind of a legend. And so he gave me the opportunity to work with Fear Factor and, and really just we all kind of locked in and uh, yeah, worked with worked with those uh, worked with those guys for a couple of years. Well, so I moved away from. Las Vegas and, and came back to Cedar Rapids. And then in 2005, I, I had opened up a, a 15,000 square foot strip club and uh, nice. was kind of doing my, doing my thing here in Iowa. <laughs> what? And, oh, okay. Uh, Hang on a second. Hang on. I got to put the brakes on here. Cedar yeah. Rapids strip club. Do you want to say the name or not? You know, I don't think we should. Okay. No, it's, Cause, um, I, cause it's, you know, I, We'll just put it here. It's where grown men go to get wood. So if you can figure that out, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> You're kidding me. Holy, you know uh, how much money you owe me? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, nice. like anybody's, yeah. So, uh, you know, being in that position, you know, I mean, we had a hundred girls, you know, I mean, I was, I was re- also running a, a pizza joint inside that place and I was making a lot of money, but I mean, it just kind of takes its toll and anybody that's been in that industry, I mean, it's, oh, it, I heard it's it, awful. yeah, I heard oh, yeah, it's, yeah, there, it definitely there's, is, uh, there's one around here and, and, and the, the guy that ran it that I knew, he said the girls that were the dancers, it was nonstop. They were fighting and they, it wasn't yep. the customer. It was the dancers. That's like 100%. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So, so yeah, um, kind of at that time, you know, I, I, I was thinking maybe this is a time for me to, to exit, uh, you know, this employment. And, uh, so I started putting in my, <laughs> One night, having some beers at home, maybe quite uh, too many beers at home, and I was putting in my resume and uh, looking on. Back then, it was Craigslist and in Los Angeles, Los Angeles or Hollywood, and I was looking for um, bodyguard work. And I was like, "Well, you know, I'll just I'll just put my resume because you know I've done you know director security for Muddy Waters back in, in in Cedar Rapids back in the day, and you know I did some security for Third Street Live and Cedar Rapids back in the day, oh, and, I and you know yep. yeah, yep, and I also was working you know um, big arena security and, and running that show, and so yeah, so I uh, put a resume into a company called uh, Salient Security, and it was uh, it was for a month security work. Uh, they're pretty private about the details of that, uh, of that work. And so I put my resume in and they, they sent me an email back and said, we absolutely love uh, your resume. We'd like to, to interview you. Well, I told them that I lived in Hollywood um, because I thought, well, there's no way you live in Cedar Rapids that they'd be interested in, in hiring anybody. And I so, believe that someone sees yeah. I out there like, you're like yeah, oh, exactly. he must be making corn or something stupid. So yeah, yep. you got to tell him yep. that, right? Exactly. So they're like, well, hey, we'd like you to come in uh, on Tuesday to interview. Can you make it? And well, of course, I had entered this resume on a Saturday night, you know, and um, so, yeah. So I was like, absolutely, I can be there. So I took a red eye and I flew out to Hollywood and interviewed with them. And they were like, absolutely love you. Um, you know, we'd love to hire you on the, on the team. And um, but we'd like to get uh, we'd like to get uh, 
your credentials. And I'm just like, credentials? And they're like, yeah, we'd like to get, you know, your BSIS card, which is your Bureau oh. Security Investigated Services card, your your baton card, your pepper spray card, your carrying carrying card. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 no problems. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I just don't have it with me. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we just need to have that so we can get copies of that. So I get done with that, uh, with that interview there and I get out to my car with my rental, rental car she's in so I call my buddy Debo that lives in California and I'm like Debo they're telling me that uh, I need to have credentials I need to have a, a security card and all that he was like absolutely man you can't do any security work uh you know without credentials and I'm like well is this, is this in California yeah. like it's this, a California well, the, the company's in, in Hollywood. However, this uh, the security work was going to be in in Sundance uh, Sundance City, uh, Utah, or okay. Park City, Utah, for a Sundance Film Festival. Excuse me. Oh sure. Um, yeah. So, um, so I right right away get on you know get online and I'm looking at at uh, schools you know to, to get my credentials and I, I see this company called AKI Security Institution and. So I uh, called them and, and just uh, Jim and Karen, which are the head of that company, just amazing individuals. I said, hey, here's the deal. Um, you know, we're leaving for this detail pretty soon. I really need to get in there and, and I need to get my credentials. They said, well, it's 120 hours. Um, you know, you certainly you can come in and do, you know, we got two classes a day. You can do the classes. Um, you know, see, you know, how quick we can get you through it. So I, I, I was like, perfect, paid my money, flew out there. And, um, in four days, um, I did 120 hours to the classes. Um, and then I also paid the money, you know, and went, extended that with the bodyguard classes as well. So, um, and yeah, I ended up, you know, pretty much acing everything, uh, you know, had a gun test that I had to take. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just all kinds of things, but yeah. So obviously, you know, something that I really wanted, but, and the reason why, again, why, um, the rush was uh, for me to get, you know, these, again, to get these credentials is because, with this company selling security, they were like, okay, well, we've got a detail in Park City, or excuse me, Park City, Utah for Sundance Film Festival for a client. His name was Charles Hendon. Charles Hendon is a, a, a big investment, or I, I guess um, a real estate mogul. And okay. uh, his son, son Tanner, uh, was 14 years old, and he was like, you know, Dad, I want to be in a, uh, a signed band. So Dad put together a uh, I guess, uh, a, a mega band, uh, you know, a bunch of these professional, uh, you know, musicians, uh, and then his son Tanner playing drums and they opened up for the band Velvet Revolver. Now, I don't know if you recall no. hearing about Velvet Revolver in Park City, Utah back in 2008. No, I, um, I mean, I, obviously I, was, I know the band, awesome band. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, so that was a show that um, Tau did. So, at Sundance Film Festival, it's it, it's just a, a a big hill of stores that that these companies come in. They 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 buy them out for the week to showcase their own, whether it be uh, energy drink or you know financial opportunity or whatever it is. Well, Tao is the one that put on this show with Velvet Revolver. Well, of course, our lead singer did not show up for Velvet Revolver for this show. So, and Soul Stash is the name of this band that this Charles Hinton son uh, uh, was okay. opening up for. Yeah, so, but, but, yeah. Hang so. on one second. So, Velvet Revolver yeah. was there, and uh, 
Velvet Revolver's lead singer, who was um, Stone Temple Pilots. Um, Scott, yeah. Scott, yeah. He, so yeah. he was a no-show. He was a no-show. So they were calling people up from the audience to get up on stage and perform. And uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance, go back and take a look. It's pretty funny about I that. But yeah, hundred percent find that. I love that shit. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So yeah, so you know that was that was really kind of my first. Um, that was for my first big experience working with you know, uh, I guess uh, what I always call a major player, um, you know, it was yeah. 12 of us, you know, that were in a, that worked for selling security, but you know, we were 12 on 12 off carried around a gun. Uh, we had two different, uh, I guess cabins, well, our cabin had 52 rooms. The other one had 17. So they were large cabins, you know, sure. and, uh, yeah, just a lot of money with this family. Uh, uh, again, you know, with the real estate, what a cool start, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, this one month uh, of work turned into be about a week and a half, and I was like, okay, man, I can't do that. Well, of course, they offered, you know, hey, you can come back, work club security, that kind of thing. I'm like, nah, that's not that's not what I got into this for. Um, you know, I got into this you wait, know, wait, to wait, do bodyguard work. So, so they wanted yeah. you to do club security. I feel like you could have been in Roadhouse then, right? Well, you know, well, in Hollywood, it. it's a little, yeah, it's a little different, but, uh, I get it though, but yeah, right? so I decided to come back to Iowa and regroup, man. And, uh, so I came back and I was, you know, back in Iowa for a short time and I was like, you know what? Um, if I'm going to make this work, I, I got to go out West. I got to go out to Hollywood. So I packed everything into, uh, my, you know, my Durango and a six by nine U-Haul and, I moved out to California. I didn't know anybody. I had nowhere to stay. I lived out of my car for a month and a half. Um, I just had horrible credit back then. So, you know, try to get into, uh, to apartment, not having a job or anything else. I mean, it was just a nightmare, man. And, well, you know what? That's, um, that's, you know, that's balls. That's how you, yeah. that's how you fucking do it. You get, you got to, yeah. you, you know what I mean? People, if you don't take a chance, then you just sit and you don't do nothing. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like, is that, I watched that, uh, Kill Tony podcast and the people are flocking to, to whatever the town Joe Rogan moved to uh, Austin and and mm -hmm. there's this comedy show and the people are moving there right and left but the, but if you don't take a shot you might never make it you know what I mean so that's awesome story like you just packed yeah, it up and said I'm going to California what part of California yep. uh, I was so when I first moved to California I was living again living out of my car uh, in and around kind of the Hollywood area. And, and so I remember going through like alleyways of Trader Joe's, you know, and, and, uh, you know, picking up internet feed on the oldest laptop ever and putting in my resume and, um, what you know, year, also what, looking year, on, what kind what year was this? This about, would have been 2000. Yep. 2007. So okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and same thing with Craigslist. That was a big, you know, uh, search back then. And oh, yeah. so I was looking for apartments and, uh, this gentleman, uh, you know, he, he reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I've got a couple of places I could show you. Uh, and so I was like, absolutely. That'd be great. So, um, so over the hill on, on the South side, uh, or I guess, uh, when I first moved to California, um, it was right. in uh, brain just went blank here. Uh, one second here. That would have been right out of, uh, Van Nuys is where it was at. So, uh, so he had shown me this and he's a Filipino and show me these, these houses and these rooms were like literally the size of a jail cell. And I was like, nah, that's not going to work out. You know, and he's like, well, Hey, at my personal house, you know, I've got a garage that's open and, 
So I, I took a look at it and it was a garage, you know, and it had yeah. an air conditioning unit in there. And I was like, you know, how much are you looking for? He's like $500 a month. I said, <laughs> no, let's do it. So, yep. Um, so, so yeah, so I moved in there and, you know, it, uh, that was kind of my home, you know, for, for a while. And that's when I started just kind of putting in resumes, uh, you know, to different security companies, obviously selling security, you know, they're, they, they were kind of the club gig. Um, but then I got hired with, uh, 360, um, security and, and, uh, started working with some of the kind of the major, um, bodyguards and, and, um, uh, major, I guess, uh, you know, major security guys, Steven Spry, um, Max Joseph's uh, named a couple of names that yeah. are well, just really big and big in the business. So, well, I look back at you know be preparing for talking to you. I look back through yeah. social media and stuff. I see. I mean, you got pictures. There was one. Am I wrong? But did you have one with Justin Bieber when he was pretty young? Like it looked like you were standing in the background of that. No, one. not Justin Bieber. Uh, Bieber that was um, oh. Zac Efron. Yep. Zach Heffron. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, so, I'm almost 50 years old, so I don't know my younger <laughs> stars. Yeah. No worries. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So I actually, I got, I got hired with uh, Viacom CBS. Um, so I did the MTV music awards and video awards and nice. uh, through, yeah, through a company called AD entertainment. Um, and they were the security company that ran that for Sony and within MTV CBS. So I did all their music awards, video awards. Um, I did that for, for quite a few years with the, with those guys and um, had a, a good opportunity to, to meet some of these celebrities that um, had really became personal friends with. And then that's when that, that's when the, the protection for just them um, yep. became instead of being hired through a company. And, and that's, that's kind of when my career started taking off as, you know, really a bodyguard uh, for myself and for my, my security company. All right. So I, I know you and we talked a minute before we went live here and you know, I'm going to ask you about Vinnie Paul. I'm mm -hmm. Pantera shares a place in my heart. I, I, the first time I ever saw them, they opened for Skid Row, believe it or not. It, right. And they were the support act on a Skid Row tour. Vulgar display of power had just come out. I didn't even know what I was watching. I was like, mm -hmm. this is like, I didn't know Cowboys from hell yet. I was young. I'm like, what? This is insanely awesome. Right. And, and you had a connection with, uh, Vinnie Paul. Cause you, you did security for him. Correct. Well, that's, uh, so I actually was Vinnie Paul's personal bodyguard and lived with him for two and a half years. Wow. That had to have been amazing. I saw some Halloween pictures of you guys dressed up. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, like uh, what part of the country were you living with him in? Like, was, weren't they from Texas? Yeah. Um, they were, yeah. So Vinny had the house in Texas, but also had a house in Las Vegas. Gotcha. And, you know, that's the kind of thing is, you know, I was in, I was in California for quite some time and, um, you know, doing the, the MTV music awards and video awards. And then I got hired to be, you know, the head of security for, um, adult swim and comic con and oh, uh, all the other yeah. events that they did. And, um, uh, was doing a whole bunch of other Mr. Chow's, uh, which was a big paparazzi, uh, uh, hangout. Uh, that was my security gig, and that's when I met uh, Sharon Stone, and, and her and I were really together closely for a couple of years. I and, did see a picture of you and her, yeah. too. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah nope, nope, absolutely. So I was out there, and then, you know, when I left Cedar Rapids, you know, I, 
I had a son, uh, was just born. And I'm like, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I need to go do this now before he's, you know, old enough to know that daddy's not around. So I think your son um, and my son are the same. What's he about 15, 16? No. Yeah. He's 15 now, but he's a, my, my boy grew up big. Yeah, My, my son's 15 too. It's crazy to look like yeah. my son's Aiden and it's like, he's in football and he's working out and he's, he's yeah. making me go for five mile walks on vacation trying to kill me. But yeah, so Literally. I get it. But anyway, back to you're in California. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I was kind of you know well yep I was in, nope at this time I was in I was in California and I was like hey you know I I need to go back and and just spend a little time with my son I loved being in California but you know you know working with Mr. Chow's and anything I did you know again I was over the hills so can it you would explain take two and a half to me what Mr. Chow's is I guess I don't know what that is Mr. Mr. Chow's is a restaurant um, in Beverly Hills okay. so. Yeah, so it's a really big um, celebrity eatery. Eatery um, again, we're uh, back, you know, two thousand seven, eight, nine. Um, you know, it was it was really where TMZ and those guys would be. And oh, again, I see what you're yeah, saying. So, so, so you'd be yeah. there. So celebrities would go to Mister Charles to eat, and then. TMZ and all them guys would be outside waiting for him. That is correct. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so, gotcha. yeah. So, um, and you know, like I said, absolutely loved working uh, on the West coast. It was just two and a half hours to get to work, you know, when it would only take 20 minutes to get home. Uh, it was just gas was $5 a gallon. I mean, it was ridiculous. You, you know, the jobs were, you know, you're, you're, you're popping off, you know, from one job to another job. I mean, there's times where I would drive down to San Diego, you know, and do a detail in El Cajon, you know, for 12 on 12 off, you know, with another security guy, you know, bodyguarding um, a guy at his house because his girlfriend and their sons, you know, looking to problem, you know? And so you you just, yeah, you just don't ever know what you get into in the security industry. Well, I was just like, at this point in time, you know, I was like, you know, I miss my, I really missing my son and, and feel that I need to, you know, kind of do, uh, some, some daddy, uh, I guess kind of, some daddy time with my boys. So I moved back to Cedar Rapids and I was here, you know, I was here back in Iowa for about six months. And I was like, man, you know, I just really miss, you know, the, I really miss kind of the environment. I miss my job and miss what I was doing. And so I was like, you know what? Uh, he's still young. I'm going to move out to Las Vegas, which, you know, I have lived in Las Vegas again. If you remember back in 2000, 2001, uh, when I worked with, uh, with fear factor, you know, so, um, so I moved back out to Las Vegas and I was there. Um, I was there for maybe about two months, three months. Um, a friend of mine, Angie Savage, uh, which was a porn star, um, and a great friend of mine from, uh, from Hollywood. She was like, Hey, you know, we were shopping a reality show in, in Hollywood, her and I kind of a Robin big, uh, kind of rip off, you know, but her getting out of the, the porn industry. Um, but you know, me still do still doing security with her. Um, she's like, Hey, I need to stick around here, uh, in Hollywood because I really believe in shopping the show. And so she said, but I, however, I've got a friend of mine, uh, uh, Kaylee King, which is another porn star and, and her boyfriend, Elwood, um, they had a roommate, uh, or, or a room that was open for rent. So, um, I hit them up and moved in with them. I was there for a couple months and a friend of mine, um, Doug Callahan, if you remember a band called Freak Label. Uh, from Cedar Rapids, but uh, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, 
uh, do you remember Rodman, which was the this, this small seller, and he used to hang out with a band called Corn Fed Bruiser. Again, these are all bands from Iowa, but sure. I was like, yeah, he's like, well, uh, he's out on tour with this comedian by the name of China Man, which was Dimebag Daryl's favorite comedian. And when uh, Dime died, Vinny was like, you know what, I'm, I'm my brother loved you. Uh, we're going to get you a show in Las Vegas. So this Robin fellow was um, China Man's, what he would call a midget. Uh, so it was a midget, uh, ninja that, you know, his, that's, you know, he would help him throughout his, his comedy shows. Yeah, so I know, I know who, um, I know these guys. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I reached out to Robman and he was like, yeah, man, come check out the show. Um, you know, we're staying with Benny Paul, uh, China Man and himself and uh, at the house in Vegas. He's like, come check it out. So I went there one night and um, met Benny, uh, talked to them, had a great time, had a couple of drinks. And then uh, I said, hey, I'll just catch you later. And um, ended up seeing that at a club maybe another couple of weeks later and hung out with them a little bit longer. And then I exchanged numbers with a gentleman by the name of Bright Hog, which is Vinnie Paul's uh, assistant. And that was also Dimebag's assistant. And so Vinnie just kind of took him under his wing. But uh, so I ended up, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we're having a barbecue on Sundays, which Vinnie Paul's, you know, famous barbecues. And why don't you come, why don't you come over to the house? So um, I remember getting uh, this big smasher uh, and having engraved, you know, the, the Rocky, the Rockamole Smasher and it had some, uh, snare drums and drumsticks and engraved in it. And that was kind of my housewarming gift. And then he was nice. like, you're a cool mother. Yeah. He's like, you're a cool motherfucker, man. Come hang out, you know? So <laughs> yeah, but he had these two big gorillas, man. I mean, these dudes are huge, man. So they, you know, make me, make me look like nothing, man. But, uh, it, but... and they were, <laughs> and they were doing his bodyguard work. And, you know, I think after, I don't know, maybe, maybe a month and a half of hanging out. He was like, Hey gosh, you know, I really like you, dude. I'd like you to move in. And you know, we got 86, these other dudes, you know, I need you to, I need you to kick, you know, tell them to kick rocks. So my job was to say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, our time, yeah, your time with Vinny's over. And, uh, so I took over and moved in, man. Um, and that's when, um, our years together. And, and then I was with, of course, with Vinny Paul for, what, what uh, approximately you know, what year was that? Like, you said this would have been, um, so this would have been 2009 in the end of 2009 to 2013. So, gotcha. yeah, um, nice. yep. so, uh, so yeah, um, lived again, lived in, in the house of Vinny and then was out on tour as director security for a bank called Hell Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where, <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. So I was able to travel that we did, uh, you know, travel the world with Vinny was over in Europe, saw all the big shows, and of course did the United States tour. And, uh, I toured the second album, um, Rampage album. Um, and yeah, it was a great opportunity. And of course, you know, got to, got to meet, you know, a lot of my idols in the, the music industry. And, and so, yeah, that's, so where, that's kind of, tell me about the fine there. line between, all right, I'm bodyguard security, whatever. And not just being a total fanboy, like, ah, look at, <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Right. Like, holy shit, that must've been hard because I know I couldn't do it. Like there, there's times I've met some, I mean, I met Slash. I met some pretty cool dudes over the years. I met Dimebag yeah. when I was 17. Yeah. And yeah. and it was like, I don't know how from a, a professional standpoint, like what you're doing, how somebody walks in that you're like, you know, like I couldn't do it. I'd be like, ah, 
yeah. I love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, but right, I guess, right. but you know, you're on the job. You're on the job. You know what I mean? It's, it's, work yeah, first. you know, it's, uh, you know, with the, with the couple of years living with Vinny before we were out on tour, you know, we would always have bands come into the house and hang out, party, you know, or we would always, I mean, there was always somebody coming through the house or we'd always be meeting somebody out somewhere in Las Vegas. Sure. And my job literally was to protect, but it was also to drive the car, but also to drink. That's what we did, you know, and party and make sure everything was good. So it really was, a, it was, it was a tough situation, man, you know, especially being on tour as a, a director of security because you're so used to being Benny Paul's bodyguard and, you know, and we go out, and, you know, and we kick ass, man, drink booze and, and yeah. fuck checks, man. That's, yeah, that literally is. And, and honestly, he'd the, probably be disappointed. Like if you're just being the, the sour puss in the corner, like I'm just watching, you know, I could see where he'd be like, no, come on, we're hanging out. You know? Well, but yeah, but that was also another thing too, is that, you know, in that industry, you know, when you're so close to to the one that matters and then all of a sudden kind of kind of like wears off on you like like you're somebody important, which is that's where sure. that that's where that you talk about that fine line because you're not. You're you're just you know, you just it will be called straps, you're a hang around, you know. Um and you're getting paid to do your job, but you know, it just it, that's where it gets weird, man. Is that you know when when you're so used to hearing oh whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want, because of your client, you know, and then yeah, like I said, you know, for, and I know it's just not me, but you know, for a lot of other people too, that you know, it just you're it just puts you in a different, way different uh, lifestyle, you know. And then like yeah. I said, and it's it's not you that created this, uh, you know, that created all this whatever you want. Um, attitude. It's it's your client, you know. So sure, um, oh, I get that. Yep. It's but, so uh, cool to hang out with them. I bet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was you know for me, it was really tough. You know, I really not, I didn't fan out much because these are people that have already been over at our house or, or people that uh, we've already seen out and about. So oh, uh, when it, you know, yeah, yeah but uh, you know, being on tour, you know, to actually see what they do for a living, you know, it's super cool, but that's how we did that, you know, Lynn with Vinny for two and a half years, you know, we had a show at least twice a week, you know? And um, so, yeah, I mean, that was, and, and, and that I was get, certainly, I get what you're saying. Cause when, when I start started top billing entertainment, I have no musical talent. I know I have no talent at all other than mm-hmm. business. Like I know business, I know how to make right. money, blah, blah, blah. But I, right. I tried everything to be in guitar comedy. No, I can't do it. So I just want right. to be around the business. So I stopped, tar- I started top billion entertainment and the behind the scenes shocked me when I started, oh, yeah. when I started booking bands and it's like, it's funny, there's the memes out there, what people think backstage is and what it is. It's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> on their phones. You know, that's it's like changed God's- over the years. Oh gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's changed over the years. Hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I grew up, you know, I mean, I'm again, pushing 50 and it, when, when, you know, it was the Motley Crue days and the Guns N' Roses days and, you know, yeah. you hear all these stories and, and in the last 10 years or so of booking music, and hanging out with bands backstage, it's literally like I remember one band in particular. The dude had a 
PlayStation 4 TV set up in a briefcase, and he came in, he's like, where can I set this up to Wi-Fi? And all he did was play video games, so the second they walked yep. off the stage, and the second they were done, he went right back to his video games. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. this ain't nothing. Yeah, there's that. not a whole, yeah, not a whole lot of partying, which is, which is really nice. You know, I was just out in Vegas a couple weeks ago for Sick New World, which is a huge show that was out there, 57 different bands uh, that we all grew up on, and you know, it was, it had been years. I mean, and, and my brother Debo was out there and uh, it had been years, you know, that either the two of us and, and that client or, or myself and that client, because, you know, I've done a lot of security with bands, you know, for one-offs and, but, they, you know, it might've, in some cases, you know, it might've been, you know, 23 years since I've, since I've been with my brother in front of that client or since I've seen that client, you know? So, uh, it was a re- it was really cool, man, to really to kind of have that homecoming and, and, you know, just everybody and everybody was sober, man. I was just like, this is awesome, man. You know, I, I'm a huge advocate, you know, it's uh, certainly, um, you know, if you want to have beers on your own time, that's awesome. And it's, it's so funny because it has now changed for me, you know, back in the day where I'm like, you know, let's just, let's drink as much as possible, you know? And now it's like, eh, you know, uh, I understand, you know, you got a job to do. Let's get in, get out, get paid and let's go. So oh, yeah. um, without doubt, yeah. there's a lot of bands and comedians, both that I've booked yeah. and hung out with and they're, they're, it's astounding in a good way, not a bad way, yep. how sober everybody is. It's like, Oh, yeah. that's cool. And you respect that. It's like, Man, good for you. And yeah, they probably absolutely. found out I make a lot more money being sober than I do drunk. Is my is well, my guess. And I, I think a lot of it is is that all of a sudden it clicked in that wait a minute, this is my career, you know. And in a career, you you know, you can't go to work every day drunk. Nope. Uh, no, I tried those, it no, at no, McDonald's no, yeah. when I was like 16, and they're like, "You can't come here drunk." I'm like, "What you talking yeah. about?" A little different. Well, the older you get, those hangover, hangovers last a little bit longer than they used to when we were Holy younger. Holy you shit! Know, so. Don't they though? Don't yeah, they? Yeah, right, it's, it's right, brutal. exactly. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, it uh, yeah, the whole the, the whole sobriety thing, you know, kind of going back to what you had said. Yeah, you know, you just we see a lot more of that in the industry, and I think that that's what that's what when you look at you know for anybody that's wanting to get into the industry, Industry or work in the industry, it's really kind of uh, that's where it has to be right now. You know, if you can't work sober, then um, yeah, you're just not going to be able to work in that industry. So, yep. um, well, yeah. okay. So, so we've been on talking for about 40 minutes or so. So, I'm going to let you go sure. here soon. But I, we talked a little bit before we came on. Tell me, you know, I got to ask Pantera reunion. I'll tell you a funny story before we get started. So I bought my, I, I saw Pantera open for Skid Row. Only time I ever saw him, I was 17, 18 years old and I haven't seen him since. And, and I missed, you know, and they were opening for Metallica. So I bought my Metallica tickets, two day show, Chicago. I'm looking up my Airbnb. I bought them January, February. And then all of a sudden I realized they're for next year. So I'm planning a trip this August for a show that's August 2024. So right. <laughs> I didn't even realize it when I bought them. I thought it was this August. I was like, I'm like yeah. Wait, these dates ain't jiving. But anyway, right. Pantera reunion, open up for Metallica. You know, what's your two cents? You you tell me I ain't going to lead the question at all. I just, I, yeah. I, I it, what's for me, I just, I just want to hear Phil sing couple songs one more time you know what i mean as i get older but i yeah. again you know there's criticism uh, criticism of it and i what, what do you think what do you i mean you're, you're you're in that circle a little bit what do you think sure. 
So my my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, is that it is not <clears throat> Antara if it does not have the brothers. If it does not have Benny and Dime, don't call it Pantera. You can call it a Pantera tribute man or, uh, or uh, you know, know the Pantera or... See, I love, or, that. I love that idea. Yeah, just don't, to don't call it Pantera. Yep, because yep. you know what? First off... I, you know, won't even go into that. Phil, you know, Phil was not even in the original Pantera, so I don't understand. You know, regardless of, of how that ended up, um, you know, that again, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's my thoughts about that. Don't call it Pantera because it's not Pantera without uh, Vinny and, and Dime. Almost you could call it like a tribute to Vinny Dime. Panther, you know, some something along them. Whatever you like to do. I want to hear it. I want to see it. It's something, but it, it, I do. I'm on. I'm with you. It should have been called yep. like a tribute to Panther or whatever. One hundred percent. Just don't. Yeah, don't call Panther. Yeah, I went to uh, Slayer when they did their farewell tour. Phil opened for him, and uh, I went and I missed it. And I guess he did all Pantera songs, and then. Um, and, and we got there an hour late. I thought it started at seven and he went on at six and I guess he did all Pantera for that too, but, right. it, but he didn't call it Pantera at all. It was Phil Asamo, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, however you yep. say it, but yeah, it wasn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't say anything. When I bought the ticket it was his name on the ticket opening for yep. Slayer. You know, it was yep. a farewell tour. It wasn't uh Pantera. And then they said he did some of the hits, you know, but he also yep. did all the stuff from his other bands. Yeah, no, I, I, I was at, that was, yep. That was, uh, if I recall correctly, that was ministry. That was Phil ministry. Um, Primus and Slayer or yeah. Slayer and Primus. The yeah, one, the one I went to, it was Phil Primus <laughs> and then Slayer. And, we got there at seven o'clock on the dot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to see Phil, whatever. And literally he just went off. I don't know why you yeah. would start a rock show at six o'clock, but, right. but they did. So, so I missed it. And I just, I guess I want to relive that me being 16, 17 years old again, one, sure. one last time in the pit, because it's just, you know, again, pushing 50, but I, it, it's just, I love music so much in this, that genre of music, you know right. what I mean? So, right. Yep. But but nope, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I you know what? Uh, we'll 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 wrap it up here. I appreciate you so much. We're, we're definitely brother. you know if you if you're up in my area for any of these shows coming up in our area, there's quite a few good ones. Uh, the Volbeat show you're talking about, like like yeah. let's get together, let's hang out for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Love to have a drink with John. You're you're a solid dude, and uh, I truly wish you the best uh, with the podcast and also with. Uh, with with the uh, the uh, the uh, entertainment company, and I know yeah. you're going to do well. You always been and, a solid guy. So yeah, and you know what? Again, when Dave Bar uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool listens to this and remembers that we did security for him, you did security for him and protected his people. He's going to call me, and then we're going to do big <laughs> things with them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Fingers man. Crossed. I'm ready. You're, you're awesome, man. Thank you so so much. You have a great Absolutely, night. I'll brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that sounds great, brother. You have a great day. Thank you for your time. Yep. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right, that does it for the first episode of the Johnny O podcast. Thanks to Gus for stopping in and chit-chatting with me and telling me some cool stories. Thanks to Mr. Zills for helping me put this shit together because I wouldn't have known how to do it. I still have a flip phone almost. So we'll see you about every Friday. Next episode, a week from Friday, we'll go from there. See you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.